Space. Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State. Welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek. Spanning the quadrants, the best things is the neutral zone. And we are back. Secret Friends Unite podcast. I'm here with these two idiots. Uh, <laughs> my my uh, supremely awesome guest host. But at any rate, this is episode uh, 44 of the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. I am is here with the the, um, the Giggle Twins, my <laughs> transporter accident uh, uh, co-host, Lieutenant Commander Raren. That would be Rich and Aaron. How are you two troublemakers this fine afternoon? I don't like being called idiots, especially since my name clearly says the smart one. <laughs> and then Rich is, Rich, is, Rich is the handsome one. I mean, clearly. I think it says Manuel. <laughs> I think it says Manuel. Yeah, Manuel, Manuel E. Bothans. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, for <laughs> folks who are tuning into the Secret Friends Unite YouTube channel, this is our first episode where we are in video. So you are seeing us. Uh, maybe it's what you expected. Maybe it's not what you expected. Maybe you don't care. I'm not a judge of such things. I know what I like. You like what you like. If you like watching videos, here we are. So this is going to be our new format. We're also debuting, uh, if not it, with this episode on video, Aaron's got to stop smoking crack. Aaron, stop that now. Sorry. We talked about this. No crack smoking on air. Okay. Uh, no, we talked, uh, so you, we'll be, de be debuting with the, um, video portion of this will be a new intro outro theme song and voiceover but with the audio part of this it will probably be the old one but we'll see i think it'll they be a will, surprise they will have already known that because when they watch the episode they'll hear the new intro right but uh, you know i you know what it's it, it's it, I, I gotta have something to do to explain it but regardless <laughs> let's hop in we are now just a couple of weeks away uh, from a format change for this show. We're going to bring you something a little different next week. And then starting the week after that, we have Star Trek Lower Decks starting season two. Uh, we're going to uh, feature that episode as our main segment. And then we're actually going to test bed our new ongoing second segment as a full episode next week. But I, I'm teasing that because I don't want to give it all away. Don't you guys agree? It's be our little secret. Who touched you? I mean, come on. Oh. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have time for that. But we do have time to talk about the second film in the Star Trek The Next Generation dynasty of films, four films, uh, commonly considered to be the pinnacle Star Trek First Contact. This came out in the fall of 1996. Uh, if I was any good at my job, I would have looked up and given you a date, probably given you some box office numbers, but you know what? That's ordinary and predictable. I don't really care about that. That's okay. So um, I remember this as being really super cool. This is debuting uh, not only a new Enterprise, because we lost the Enterprise in Star Trek Generations, which we lambasted several episodes back. We also get super cool new uniforms, which also transition uh, over to being on TV, because you saw them on Deep Space Nine, but not Voyager. And people said, why didn't the Voyager people have new uniforms? Hey, you know what? That's a lot of energy to, for everybody to turn in their uniform to get a new uniform. It's too much laundry. You well, can call Voyager the too, too much laundry ship. Well, how would the how would they know to get new uniforms if they're in the Delta Quadrant? Well, that's, they, they, that's actually they would, a really good point. They like would how, only know that. Well, I, I have an answer. Uh, they wouldn't know right away. They did find out when they made 
contact with the Alpha Quadrant, which happened in season four when so, the Doctor got got beamed onto right. a ship in the so, Alpha Quadrant so and back again. So do you think that again. they're going to tell the Doctor, by the way, make sure everybody <laughs> knows yep. that we have new uniforms? Yeah, they they sent the doctor back with tactical updates, but obviously not fashion updates. But right. in, la- in in later seasons <laughs> uh, of Voyager, they did make direct contact with the Alpha Quadrant, where they did see people wearing other uniforms, but it never came up. So and, anyway, and they thought it, and they thought, oh shit, we we we're, we're out of uh, fashion. Right. It was it, it was it was a fa- it was a fashion crisis uh, to which there are middling explanations. But at any rate, getting back to talking about Star Trek First Contact, uh, we're going to kind of talk our way through it. But to get things kicked off, uh, how about a little bit of an introductory summary? I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to pick Aaron to start talking. Start talking to me about this movie. You want me to start reading the plot? You, whatever you want to do. I am, I am, I'm wide open. All right. I'm going to start by saying this is my favorite of the Star Trek films. And I did not decide that until I rewatched it. Because I was like, oh, I like these ones the best. This one I definitely like the best. Um, the Doctor's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get to see him in the beginning. And I, I thought it was a nice story, especially with all like the the myth that's been and lore that's been built up about Zephyr and Cochran. So you finally get to see him. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Anyway, I'm going to start reading this plot. Yes, please. In the 24th century, Captain Jean-Luc Picard awakens from a nightmare in which he relived his assimilation by the cybernetic Borg six years ago. He is contacted by Admiral Hayes, who informs him of a new Borg threat against Earth. Picard's orders are for his ship, the USS Enterprise, to patrol the neutral zone in case of Romulan aggression. Starfleet is worried that Picard is too emotionally involved with the Borg to join the fight. I get so emotional, Borgy. Borgy baby. I get so emotional, emotional Borgy. Borgy. <laughs> that the name of the episode. Done. All right. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, it's Rich's turn. I, I did my piece. Well, did anybody think that that was a good idea for Starfleet? Um, Keep him out of the fight? Not really, because by the time that he decides to blow off the orders and show up, everybody's dying. <laughs> so maybe the thing that Picard does when he shows up and says, target these coordinates. And they're like, Data's like, but that's nothing. That's like, you know, I, I'd be shooting them in the spare tire. And he'd be like, just trust me, dude. Uh, that trust me, the spare like- tire is where they keep their balls. Yes. <laughs> Not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place, Captain. Right. Uh, this whole thing could have been over in like what five minutes. So, what was it? Was it a good decision? Not so much. Plus, the admiral guy who mm-hmm. contacts Picard at the beginning—you think his his ship is destroyed, but he lives because you end up seeing him again in Voyager. So, I have a question. Then, is this this Borg cube that they that they engage with? Is that the Borg cube? This one gets destroyed, doesn't it? I'm trying to remember. I watched this a week yeah, ago. Yeah, it gets a, completely not, it, destroyed, right? There's it a gets cube, destroyed, and then a, the yeah, there's a cube the and a sphere, and and the sphere right. goes into the past. And right, also the sphere goes destroyed. into the past, but the the, but, the, the cube itself is destroyed, yep. like yeah, beyond. Yeah, blow it up. Usability. Right. So the one that they're the one that they're dissecting in Picard season one is not this. No, no, cube. no, no, not okay. at all. Is it no, the one that, from that, Wolf Three Five Nine? No. No. That one was also destroyed. This was another board cube. The sphere, and Richie, you won't know this actually in the past, when it gets blown up, falls and crashes. Somehow segments of it crash in the Arctic. 
And in the time of Star Trek Enterprise, a uh, survey team finds it, and there's a pseudo Borg episode of Enterprise at the end. Of the oh, season. interesting. Okay. I'll yeah, you might. That. It's called Regeneration. You might want to skip ahead and check it out. So, but it, it is it, it is a pseudo sequel to this film. So, anyway, all right, let's keep this train rolling. What happens now? All right, learning the fleet is losing the battle. The Enterprise crew disobeys orders. Weird, right? And heads right. for Earth, where a single Borg cube ship. What? A single Borg cube holds up holds its own against a group of Starfleet vessels. Enterprise arrives just in time to assist the crew of the USS Defiant and its captain, the Klingon Wharf. With the flagship now supporting them, Picard takes control of the fleet and directs the surviving ships to concentrate their firepower on a seemingly unimportant spare tire point on the Borg ship. Ooh, ouch! The, the cube is destroyed and launches a smaller sphere toward the planet. Enterprise pursues the sphere into a temporal vortex. As the sphere disappears, Enterprise discovers the Earth has been altered, is now populated entirely by Borg. Realizing the Borg have used time travel to change the past, Enterprise follows the sphere into the vortex. Point of order on the Defiant. The helmsman, who is has a few lines because he's talking to Worf, says, yeah, everything's failing, blah, blah. Another ship's coming. It's the Enterprise. A very young Adam Scott, the actor. Is it? It swear to God, hand hand on a stick of Bibles, a stick of Bibles, stack of Bibles. Anyway, yeah, oh, it's, uh, well, Neil McDonough is the uh, is on the uh, and Enterprise. And Neil, yeah, Neil McDonough That's is the was. helmsman on the Enterprise. Yeah, so you got a couple of young people who went on to have much bigger careers that got right. their their start in this film. So, um, so yeah, so all right, so now they followed the Borg into the vortex. Aaron, what happens now? Oh, sorry, I got distracted. No, are you serious? I, Go ahead. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Enterprise arrives hundreds of years in its past on April 4th, 2063, the day before humanity's first encounter with alien life after Zephyrin Cochran's historic warp warp drive flight uh, sometime after Earth had been devastated by a nuclear holocaust of World War III. The crew realizes the Borg are trying to prevent first contact. After destroying the Borg Sphere, an away team transports down to Cochrane's ship, Phoenix, in Bozeman, Montana. Picard has Cochrane's assistant, Lily Sloan, sent back to the Enterprise for medical attention. Hey, did you guys notice when you saw her, you're like, hey, wait, this is like the assistant lady from Scrooged? <laughs> yeah, and she, and she played two different roles in Marvel. One in a Marvel movie, one in a Marvel TV show. So she's just everywhere. Who yes, she, but yeah. Who is Alfred Woodard Al- in start in uh, Marvel? Uh, she had a very brief scene at the beginning of uh, Civil War where she was the woman waiting for the elevator who sticks the photo in Stark's hand and says, you killed my son, Stark. And then on TV, the Netflix series Luke Cage, she was the main villain in season two, I think, if you've not seen it. Anyway, she's great. I love her. Awesome actress. Yeah, I was I was really happy to see her, too. Anyway, the captain returns to the ship and leaves Commander William T. Riker on Earth to make sure Phoenix's flight proceeds as planned. While in the future, Cochran is seen as a hero, the real man built the Phoenix for financial gain and is reluctant to be the heroic person the crew describes. He says he He's did it for Jeff women. Bezos. Doesn't he say he did yeah, it for Bezos. women? Yeah, well, that's the uh, that that that's the that's the financial game. Well, yeah, he did. He said he said he says money, and he wants to retire to an island with naked women. So money, <laughs> buy an island. I don't know if you're going to buy naked women. I don't think that's really uh, that's really that's a little untoward. It's not really very Star Trek, but yeah, it's revealed. Yeah, it's revealed in his conversation with Riker that you know he's guy's kind of a dickhead. 
um and drunk a lot to, and, and he, drunk and he likes really bad music like like they took like the <laughs> worst roy orbison song ever written and they're like this is going to be his favorite song and then they're like ooby dooby and i'm I like know. really Okay. They would be like, they would be like, he loves Elton John and it's Crocodile Rock, which is, I'm yeah. a huge Elton John fan. I'm I loathe, loathe that song. It's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely terrible. So it'd be like if they were like, la, 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 all the, all Crocodile Rock here. I would be similarly pissed. And I really like Roy Orbison too, but you're right. Of his songs, I was the least familiar with that one because it was not one of his songs that it's very right. palatable. But, but, but anyway. <laughs> I got nothing. I was just laughing at you. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, you're well. You're with you, next. I was laughing with you. With me, with yeah, me. Yeah, All right, yeah. you're up next. Go on. All right. A group of did anybody notice that he's kind of like Jeff Bezos, right? He didn't go up there for any like. like <laughs> He just went up there for financial gain, right? That's all Jeff Bezos cares about. Did you also notice money. that the rock the rocket time. looked surprisingly familiar? <laughs> like a like a long skinny wing. Like if yeah, you if good. you like, put like, like Jeff Bezos right. Yeah, it looked just like it. That's exactly what yeah. I was like. I've seen it take off. I'm like, oh, that looks very familiar. I feel like I've seen something like that recently take off for real. Oh my god. Goodness gracious. All right. All right. Let's go. A group of Borg invade Enterprise's lower decks. Hey, lower decks. Reference to what we're going to be talking about later. Never, never, probably not. Nice. But. Very good. Very good. And begin to assimilate its crew and modify the ship. Picard and a team attempt to reach engineering to disable the Borg with a corrosive gas, but are forced back. The android data is captured in the melee. A frightened Sloan orders Picard with a... Or, Orders. A frightened Sloan corners Picard with a weapon, but he gains her trust. The two become are escape. Blah, blah, wow. The two blah, blah, escape. Blah, blah, you got that? Yeah, I got that. I got a problem here today. Apparently, the two escape the Borg-infested area of the ship by creating a diversion on the holodeck. I like to see the holodeck in here. That was pretty cool, right? Yeah, it was. It, cool. Yeah, totally. And it, and it was his it, favorite program, and. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a good sidebar. Gave us Ethan Phillips Neelix as a uh, as a out of costume guest star. Right. Yeah, cool. and it cool. it was it was also cool to see um you know him th- be able to use it in the way like oh I'll turn off the safety protocol so I can actually kill them in here. Right. Right. Right, and it's good that that works because they don't their shields don't protect against that cuz it's bullets. I mean, obviously it worked on those two Borg, but if he tried to keep doing it it probably weren't, wouldn't work out so great. But yeah, yeah, no, that was it was it was a great scene. Yeah. Picard, Worf, and the ship's navigator, Lieutenant Hawk, travel outside the ship in spacesuits to stop the Borg from calling reinforcements by using the deflector dish, but Hawk is assimilated in the process. Poor, poor Neil McDonough. Womp womp. Burp, burp. As the Borg continue to assimilate more decks, Worf suggests destroying the ship, but Picard angrily calls him a coward, infuriating Worf because, Klingon, because of his Klingon heritage. Sloan confronts the captain and makes him realize he's acting irrationally because of his own past and with becoming Locutus. And then he shames her for never actually reading Moby Dick. (laughs) He just, he just kind of smirks at her. I don't know how much I would call that shaming, but yes, she, (laughs) she kind of threw that in his face. And then he was like, actually, I never read it. And he was like, huh? (laughs) So yeah. Okay. It was it was implied. He 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 was standing in judgment. I get that. He sh- he had every right to. <laughs> yes, it, well, that was pretty lame. So yeah, so well, she know. read like the back cover of a Cliff's Notes, and that's how she was able to kind of shove that in his face. But it worked. <laughs> it's true. It did work. Picard orders an activation of the ship's self destruct, then orders the crew to head for the escape pods while he stays behind to rescue Data. So what's with the Star Trek movies and blowing up ships. 
I don't do. know. Yeah, let, let's why, see. Yeah, why do we was, keep doing that? There was talk of it in Star Trek uh, 1, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen in Star Trek 2, but the ship got got quite blown up. Right. Uh, it, it actually happened in Star Trek 3. There was replayment of that footage in Star Trek 4, so there right. you go. Right. Uh, there was no blowing up ships in Star Trek 5, I don't think. Uh, Star Trek Six. There was a big space battle. Lots of blah blah. blah. Then we get to Generations, and the Enterprise cra- blows up and crashes. So in two parts, and then yeah, we get here. So I, it's dramatic. People like explo- cool guys walk away from explosions. You know, it's a cliche. People dig it, don't you think? Nah, I don't know. I Meh. think it kind of gets a little old. Uh, yeah, like like when they did it in Generations, I was kind of rolling my eyes at that. You know. <laughs> There's a lot in that movie to roll well, your eyes at. Right, know. but I mean, it's like, okay, so you're just going to do all the things that the last series of movies did, or the the previous six entries did. Is that what is that the plan here? But I think they do it to better effect with this. You know, they kind of threaten right. the idea, and then they don't do it. But, uh, right. you know, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It's kind of a tired... It's, I, it's like, look, it's like you're fridging the ship. That's what it is. You're fridging the ship. You've heard the term fr- fridging, right? Uh, no, break down for me. Fridging is a is it came from it came from a it came from comic books where um, a female cast member or character would be killed or maimed or hurt in order to motivate a male character. Oh well, I mean the, the, the taking the female part out of it that was like in the Avengers movie with Coulson. Right, you know, it was right. like, and, and, but but they were very heavy handed with and, that. Like, oh, they killed Colson. Well, now we're gonna burr, burr, burr. we're and, gonna go for it. And for better or for worse, that was Joss Whedon turning that on its head. Just you know, as uh, a... he's he's just so clever. Just ask him. So some <laughs> of, some of the stuff that I I really feel like this lengthy synopsis that we're reading doesn't touch on is what's going on between Data and the Borg Queen right now. Oh yeah, it's it's very it's hypersexual, absolutely. It's hypersexual. She's like actually, you know, grafting skin on it and like blowing on it in a sexy way, and he can feel it because she reactivated his emotion chip. Um, and I, I think they they allude to the fact that she has sex with him. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's very yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely. And this goes so on though... and on and on, and I mean, so it's like android rape happening. It's really uncomfortable. But is it really? I mean, well, you know, but he was kind of, as we find out, he was faking her out. So was yeah. he? It's not really rape if he was faking her out, you know, because he was, he was, he was kind of using her. So is it? No, reverse, absolutely reverse? not. If you. Not Borg rape? If you are in a, if you're a woman and you're in a dangerous situation and you have sex with somebody to get out of it, it's still a rape. So, oh, yeah, okay. It's a valid point. Well, it's I mean, if that if that still... is the if that is the only way that you can get out of the situation you're in unharmed, it's a rape. Right. Okay. Wow. That's a at a level I never really considered, but well, holy cow. Well, you're not a woman, so you don't have to think about that kind of stuff. That's very true. That's very true. All right. Spe- speaking of, where where do we leave off? I am reading this paragraph right here. You guys ready? Okay. Do it. As Cochran Riker and engineer Jordi LaForge prepare to activate the warp drive on the Phoenix, Picard discovers that the Borg Queen has grafted human skin onto Data, giving him the sensation of touch he has desired so that she can obtain the the android's encryption codes to the Enterprise computer 
and they listen to that Steppenwolf song. <laughs> then, yes, I, not 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 on the Enterprise, but on the but on the yeah on the see at least that at least that's a rocking tune. I got you. Not yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't think that one was bad, but pretty much the rest of his taste in music was bad. But I liked how they cued that in, and it's not one yeah. of my favorite songs, I, but I thought it worked. And it's great to know that after the nuclear war, we're going to go back to weird plastic discs in order to play a single song. I told like, you. Yeah, he was like, wait, I forgot it. Okay, and he pulls but out this, like, maybe he's like, you know, you know how now people are like, oh, I love records. I'll only listen to records. Right. Maybe like they've moved beyond that, but he's nostalgic for this like specific technology that had just like a niche a while ago with good sound quality. Right. So he's right. just like, I'm going to use this. I, it's like if you put an eight track <laughs> player in your car now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. How would you even do that? It's you have so to go retro. Junk, yeah. and dig it out. Oh, my goodness. All right. So Data uh, Data is with the board queen. Now Picard's in the mix. Uh, or Picard gets in the mix. That's what happens next. So let, let's, let's keep her moving. Uh, well, real quick. Please. The, the, okay. So did anybody... Were you guys amused by the drunkenness when they went to go get um, Troy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. Where, when yeah, she was yeah, really like, drunk. Yeah. She was all like yeah. drunk because she was the only way that he would talk to her is if she if he would drink with her. And it, right. it was uh, I was kind of amused by that. But I, I really love Troy. I think she's a great character anyway. So, yeah, but, I. They they don't really mention her at all in this synopsis, mm-hmm. but she's there like most of the time because that's the whole story that's going on on Earth. Yeah. Are the, the right. three yeah. uh, three of them with Zephyrin Cochran? So right, well, right, and you also you also get a uh, cameo from Barkley, which is the the only time that yeah. he appears outside of being his guest stints on Voyager. It was weird he did he did his first Voyager guest stint at the end of season one slash beginning of season two because of that weird melding uh you saw him there but he was a hologram uh then you catch up with him all the way in season six when he's back on earth i heard that guy's Uh, a huge republican by the way oh Oh. dwight schultz i have never heard that all right we're not talking about him anymore we're out (laughs) google it boo all right so okay so moving on what's going on now uh although picard picard not picard Although Picard offers himself to the Borg in exchange for Data's freedom, and willingly becomes look to and willingly, well, that's a crappy sentence. They're all Although crappy. Picard ah. offers himself to the Borg in exchange for Data's freedom, and willingly become Locutus again, according to this, ah. Data refuses to leave. He deactivates the self-destruct and fires torpedoes at the Phoenix. At the last moment, the torpedoes miss, and the Borg queen Hey-o! realizes that Data has betrayed her. The android ruptures a coolant tank and the corrosive vapor eats away the biological components of the Borg. With the Borg threat neutralized, Cochrane completes his warp flight. The next day, the crew watches from a distance as as an alien Vulcan ship, attracted by the Phoenix's warp test, lands on Earth. Cochrane and Sloan greet the aliens. Having ensured the correction of the timeline, the Enterprise crew slip away and return to the 24th century. And and Ubi Dooby plays yet again, and the Vulcans the Vulcans stands up because he's horrified by the noise, and then he <laughs> sits down and takes another shot. So Vulcans apparently that's weird because it seems like in other references to Vulcans and alcohol that they don't touch the stuff. But was this 
the Vulcans attempting to mimic human behavior and be sociable. So yeah, like, probably. Ah, music freaks me out. I'm going to try to get drunk. How much would a Vulcan have to drink? Because they're kind of like Captain America. They have like the you know the 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 heightened uh, how metabolism. much would you have to drink to get into that song? Uh, <laughs> I mean, with with as seeing as drunk as Cochran is throughout the whole movie, probably as drunk as him, which is twenty four seven apparently. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oh, so Aaron, Aaron, um, no, go ahead, Rich. I was going to say, nice thing about this movie, just to kind of go off here a little bit, but the nice thing about this movie is it dovetails really nicely into Picard season one, which I was watching as I was watching this movie. So like I watched probably the first four or five episodes of Picard season mm-hmm. one, and then, then we changed our we changed gears and we were going to do first contact. So I thought, okay, well I'll just jump in and do first contact. And then I went mm-hmm. back and finished watching Picard. And I was like, wow, this is really, it pairs really nicely. It's like a fine wine with a good meal, you know, or with some, just nice cheese or some nice right. cheese, Trek cheese, Trek cheese. We're having that for Trek dinner cheese. tonight. And Dorian cheese. Lexi and we I, had, uh, we're having giant we had snack. Trek- we had nice. trekaron we had trekaronian cheese as a side for lunch. Trekaronian <laughs> cheese? Well, oh, we're this, not it's, it's we're the, not gonna eat Wait, wait, that's meat. great. It's the San Francisco treat. That's right, Saroni. You know, I was just in Starfleet San Francisco Academy. not oh, too good. long ago and I didn't see one single advertisement for Riceroni. <laughs> no I looked on restaurants. Rough. There are no restaurants that serve riceroni. They don't eat it right. there. Why do yeah, they call it, it the San Francisco treat? It's the treat it's for a, everybody else from San Francisco is what it it's is. A, it's a giant it's a giant fallacy. Anyway, um, okay, final thoughts. Aaron, you said this was your favorite Star Trek film. I did. I, after watching it, but yeah, yeah. T- tell us why. So after the synopsis, not so much because it didn't do it justice. It... it it really went into stuff that nobody cares about in depth, and then it it left a lot out. I think Rich and I had to bring a lot up as we were going through it. But um, I agree. yeah, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a great movie for the mainly the reason I said before this myth of who is this man Zephyrin Cochran who made this first flight is mentioned time and time and time again through every series, and you know we finally got to see him. Right delivered so well cool um other highs and or lows and the doctor was in it yeah the doctor, the doctor was, in was in it, it. i thought that was Big pretty time. cool Having, what, uh, and, him holding off the borg was probably one of my favorite scenes in the yes movie. have you have you tried uh have you tried an analgesic cream <laughs> yeah. um any anything that you didn't like besides the potential android rape it, was that at the top of your list i didn't not like that I see. I just, Interesting. I liked that they you, put it in the film. Um, and I, right. and I liked that it was, even though he was an Android, that it was happening to somebody that is not a woman to the opposite gender. Or, or, or gender appearance, because again, data is an Android. So he's really, yeah, but he's not, fully functional. Bi- but yes, but he's not, he, while he is anatomically male, he's not biologically male. So right. It's a, it, so, but it's right. not, it's for once, it's not like a female robot. Or right, a, a female exactly. in general, it's a a male looking android. Right. Um. Right. So I thought so not... I I liked that that social issue was in there. Excellent. I think Star Trek said it's best when we when they when they talk about what's going on in present day 
in right. you know but that's just, that's just the best thing about any real good science fiction is that it's kind of a it's kind of a parable you know right yeah. it's a, and, and and as you'll find out on next week's recording that's something that we're going to be digging into a little bit deeper but we will say no more um rich other highs and lows for you well i mean i guess i don't really have any lows per se oh, some of the special effects were a little dated but that's just mm-hmm. i mean that's, is that's what it is, happen, right? right? Like yeah, when Data yeah. jumps down from the thing, and you could obviously tell that he's just standing there on maybe plexiglass, and they're running the camera past him. You know, he's right. obviously not jumping down from there. But you don't, you don't, you don't think Brent Spiner and his bad back could take like a two hundred foot jump? Probably not. No, no, <laughs> no. I don't think so. Either. I saw a, a video of him once. Somebody made it. He didn't make it, but they put him on a spider. Like it was his Brent Spiner's head on a spider body, and it was called Brent Spider. And he would just, <laughs> oh, man. and he was. It was maybe it was a podcast or something that was a video, and he was just climbing all over the screen the whole time. Oh my god, it was hysterical. I mean, you know Brent Spiner. He's gonna make. There's a guy who could just make about anything work. He's that. He is that talented. That is, that is uh, impressive stuff. So, well, cool. All right. So final rating, AKA legacy to the franchise, one to 10. Uh, one you to said 10, legacy, you know. you, you're wording it legacy to the franchise. Okay. We'll scrap that. Let's give it a rating between one and 10. I was trying to pluck something. One and 10. Ubi doobies. Okay. <laughs> I can I'm, dig that. Let's do it. I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving this a nine. All right, nine Ubi Doobies, your favorite song. Yeah, I'll give this probably an eight Ubi Doobies. It's my second favorite track. Uh, I will, you know what? It's it is probably my second favorite track either. So I'll go. I will split the difference and give it an eight five. Ooh, good stuff! Wow, we all watched something and we all liked it, and we all said good things about it today. Right, we didn't just tear it apart. Yeah. That's kind please of encouraging. Note, yeah, please note the date and time in the ship's log. All right, moving <laughs> on to the news. So we got two stories here, courtesy of TrekMovie.com, the unofficial official news home of the Code 47 podcast. Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, first season ramps production, and Anson Mount, who is the father of Lexi, uh, <laughs> Aaron's daughter. Hopes <laughs> uh, <laughs> TOS fans. <laughs> <laughs> Will be pleased. So yeah, so yeah, uh, looks like filming began in February uh, and is now wrapped up here in the month of July over there in lovely Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we do know from the story that we were talking about last week that there was some second unit shooting happening in New Mexico. So I'm very excited to see kind of how that turns out. So uh, Anson Mount went ahead and tweeted uh, that everything is ra- uh, everything is wrapped. Uh, and that he's really hoping uh, that uh, fans and being patient will be pleased with what they see. So, uh, but what would be super great, and and we don't actually get any confirmation of, is when we're going to see a damn trailer. If you guys have wrapped, you got to have something. And again, you can scroll through this article, and there's pictures of dogs, and there's pictures of, you know, Spock wearing earmuffs, and that's all really exciting. But when I get all the way down to the bottom, they really echo my hope it says with comic-con 2021 behind us which was last week and it was their youtube channel running for one day and to be honest with you i think that's the greatest as opposed to flying to san diego and and i know it's a great experience but being kind of crammed into a hall with 50 billion people i like just watching the panels on tv you don't feel like 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 the body odor um trust me no matter what 
there'll still be body odor at any local show you go to. I, it may not be. I had to smell body odor all through my dinner last night. <laughs> right, but you know what? If if there's a body, there's the there is the potential of odor. Oh, I'm just saying, uh, like you didn't want to go to you know Comic Con International and and you know experience the body odor firsthand. You and know? get the stank on. You know uh, what? That's one thing that they can't bring through a computer. The only yeah, thing yeah, uh, worse than convention body odor is when you go to one of those like symphonies that that are doing the music of Zelda. <laughs> I took oh. I took my daughter to that. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it was it I was got a, that beat. It, Hold on. It was it was a smell to peel paint. If, if, was, we're do, like, if we're doing, I was trying to breathe through my mouth and I could like taste it. It was it was that <laughs> bad. It was disgusting. Ketchup and onions. Uh. I feel like I feel like we're doing uh, Jaws scar comparisons, like in that scene in Jaws. But oh, I have that beat. I got that beat. Theme park body odor. Ooh, because it's outside and sweaty. At least you're, Halloween you, at Horror least Nights. you're outside. Oh. oh, God, no. But see, the thing is, when I go to Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando every year with my wife, we're going in October. Wish us luck. Yeah, yeah, Freaking COVID land. But but you're not just outside. You get crammed. And there's, I mean, it's wall-to-wall people. Wall-to-wall people. And you're crammed into these houses and these like little conga lines. And you're walking behind all these people. And you're like this close to them. And so that's worse than being stuck in an opera house in your seat <laughs> where you can't move surrounded by body odor. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. Maybe, I think you, maybe, you got that beat. maybe you got that beat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a, this is a fascinating study in body odor, but it's also but in I, Florida in the heat. So. Oh yeah. It is hot. And, and plus Florida, but at any rate, Comic Con is passes by the next, uh, event of, of magnitude with Star Trek is going to be uh, Star Trek. It would be either Star Trek Day, which is on September eighth. That obviously commemorates. Uh, it's it's going to be Apollo Trek. Con twenty twenty one. But by the time this oh, comes out, that'll are be you over. Now? What? Oh, that's what? right. Yeah, we hope you all uh, enjoyed Holocon 2021. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, at any rate, we're hoping uh, we're hoping to see it then, or potentially in the month of August at the 55 year Mission Convention, unofficial convention. I in don't Las Vegas, think so. when I plugged it last week, I said that Martok was going to be there. Uh oh. Well, we didn't you know can that say at it. that point, did we? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure. If I'm going to say this now, ha sure ha, you guys missed Martok. well hey will the con be recorded so that people can see it or is it just here and gone it's facebook live so it's just here and gone i don't know no it's facebook live they record it Uh, mm -hmm. so anyway facebook live anyway i'm super fired up about this so more news as it comes this is this is what you're fired up about this next one we're about to look at no what i was just talking about but since since you already jumped in why don't you take this one this is all you okay so they came out with a cartoony looking tom paris on a plate and they're gonna (laughs) sell it and you can buy it but i don't i don't know why you would but you can't it's gonna go really nicely with my other star trek plates and my uh, indiana jones plates yeah. Do you for real? Because that that was such a big thing, like Franklin Mint or whatever, mm-hmm. back in the nineties. Yeah, with the TNG plates. Go put and it they in were, your really... knickknack closet. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have we have like a curio hut here in the dining room where I record. It's got a bunch of my wife's stuff in it. But boy, to stick a Tom Paris plate in there. Now, my favorite part of this is if you scroll 
down to the bottom and there's yeah there's a post from from star trek unlimited which is going to be this new vendor that's selling this kind of I stuff saw that. they have the they have the alt plate of tom as a lizard from the episode threshold i saw that online oh. it was cracking me up <laughs> this i mean to be honest with you i i, I would buy this yeah i would too first. i would actually is buy that... this one not the cartoony oh one. Oh my gosh oh. exactly I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. Yes, the uh, if you've never seen the episode, uh, Tom Paris uh, uh, does a test flight where he hits warp 10. Uh, it turns him into a lizard. <laughs> he eventually escapes the ship again, but kidnaps Janeway, does the flight again. So she becomes a lizard. The two of them end up on a planet together. They reproduce. And so... Even and then they the abandon... Wait, 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 wait. Then they abandon then they abandon children. Them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. So, but... Bye, bye, Felicia. One of the bitch. one of the best episodes of Voyager. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's much much ballyhooed <laughs> to be not that. So at any rate, uh, that is uh, that is the show. So uh, who's taking us out? That's I'm going to pick. Yeah, that's it. Who's taking us out? I felt like Char- there was going to be more pop and circumstance. What, Charlie? When this, when this when we're done with the outro, I want to talk to you about that shirt you're wearing. Oh, please. But let you know what? Business before business before business. Go ahead, Rich. All right. For more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and the USS Nomad on Facebook. Oh, yeah. This video was actually produced by Todd Oxtra. I got to give him a little bit of credit. But the audio is, <laughs> but the audio is produced by me. Uh, friends, thank you as always for joining us. We are uh, part of the Stalwart Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Uh, as you've been listening to Code 47, we talk about Star Trek. Co-op mode bi-weekly talks about video games. On the opposite week, myself and Mark Carabin are talking about Star Wars. And every Friday since 2014, your original guide to the geek side, Todd Oxtra, and myself talking about geek culture in general on the Secret Friends Unite Prime podcast. Uh, all of our episodes and great original content can be found over at our website, secretfriendsunite.com. Pop on over there. And check us out. You can find us on Twitter at Secret Friends U. Let us know what you're enjoying. We'll talk about it on the show. And as Aaron mentioned, I'm wearing this fabulous t-shirt, which you can now see. Wait, well, where I'm did you get that? YouTube. I will tell you where I got it. I got it on a little website called T Public. I now, love it. This this is a, a baseball style long half sleeve half long sleeve tee they've got great ringer tees they've got regular tees they've got tank tops notebooks stickers and and magnets. any color or just certain colors lot lots of different colors okay. all colors of the rainbow color your, your colors may vary so not not every item has every color but at any rate okay that's all that's all there to be found so you go to t public you search secret friends unite uh proceeds from that do actually make the podcast possible so please go and i'm gonna go spend. right now i'm gonna go right now i believe you look at it and you can see that she's doing it so yeah. friends as, <laughs> friends as always thank you for joining us i'm going to tell you as always uh that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking kapla uh, resistance is futile oh wait no the line must be drawn yeah <laughs> <laughs>